I'm Suzanne Nance, and this is The State of the Arts, an all-classical Portland series dedicated to chronicling the times and to providing a platform for regional arts leaders and creatives. My guest today is composer, writer, singer, and actor Damien Jeter. His work infuses classical music with various styles from the Black diaspora to create music that furthers the cause for social justice. His recent compositions include The Talk, Instructions for Black Children When They Interact with the Police, and An African-American Requiem, which is scheduled to have its world premiere January 22, 2021. Damien, welcome. You know, when I think about how you use your voice from actor on the NBC series Grimm or as a bass baritone in all different opera performances around the country, most recently at the Metropolitan Opera, as a composer, as a writer. I'm curious, how did you find your way to the stage? I can think about being in elementary school and being in school plays and things of that nature and always sort of just feeling very comfortable and at home there. And I was always like very shy as a kid and I still am pretty shy, but I always felt very comfortable on the stage and I, I didn't realize what that meant really until I was much, much older. There's a Even today as an adult, it's the place I probably feel the most comfortable. Especially when I'm doing opera, I absolutely feel the most comfortable on stage then. And I don't know if it has to do with presenting another character or, or what it is about the art form that just makes me feel so homey. And I remember being in like fifth grade and I was singing in like a Christmas thing. And I was one of the lead singers in the front with my cousin. And she sort of made fun of me because I had this sort of operatic sound <laughs> as, a, as a little kid. <laughs> and I was like, that's just my voice, leave me, you know, that's just my voice. And I never, I never actually thought that I would sing opera because that's not what I, I wanted to be an English teacher. So how did that happen from English teacher to renowned opera singer and a composer that's getting commissions from all over the world? I've always loved words. I've always loved languages. And that just felt right to me. In 10th grade, there was a project where our English teacher made us teach a book. And I taught Toni Morrison's Bluest Eye. I just felt very at home, like the subject matter, the ease with which I was speaking about it and all that good stuff. But music was always in the back of my mind. And I didn't know if I could actually have a career in music. So when I went to college, I, I, I didn't really declare a major until like a little bit after everybody else because I, I really wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. But music was always there in the back of my mind. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm not an English teacher, then I can be a music teacher. So I studied music education and just sort of singing on the side. I never did it full time or anything like that. And then people started paying me to sing more money and then Things just grew and grew from there. And I left teaching just last year because things have picked up. Okay, you're being very modest, Damien. If 
I recall correctly, you stopped teaching last year in order to make your Metropolitan Opera debut in the historic production of Porgy and Bess. And I actually flew out there to see you on that great stage. You were amazing. What was that like? I kept saying that these are the things that happen to other people. I can't even describe it. We did, I think we did 14 shows and I look forward to every single one of those shows. Let's do this. (laughs) And one night, they turned the lights on in the audience and I just cried because it was like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. It is like this, the Metropolitan Opera is full. I got to sing on the stage. You think about the history that's been on that stage. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> I want to switch gears and talk to you about your work as a composer. And I'm going to quote you from your blog titled Movements. Artists are responding to the tumult of the world and creating meaningful art that speaks. History will look back on this time as a kind of cultural renaissance when artists use their powers to, as Nina Simone once said, reflect the times in which they live. I can think of two of your more recent works that reflect, unfortunately, the times in which we are living. And the first piece I want to talk to you about is your work, which premiered in 2019, called The Talk, Instructions for Black Children When They Interact with the Police. Pull over. Don't run. Keep calm. Kathy Fitzgibbon, who's the art, artistic director of Resonance Ensemble, called me one day and said, Resonance was doing a concert called Intensive Care. And it had to do with children who suffered some sort of health crisis as babies. But Kathy wanted to know if I knew of any pieces that related to you know, the Black experience. I'm sitting here thinking about it. And as she's talking, I'm like, well, I know that there are conversations that need to be had in the black community that don't necessarily go in the white community. And so I said, you know what? I have the piece for you. I'm gonna write it for you this weekend. (laughs) I was sort of asking um, black mothers, but also black people who are, you know, around children a lot, um, you know, aunts, uncles, things like that, what they said to their, children when it comes to interacting with the police. Keep your hands where they can see them. Basically, I, I summarized all of those things that I was sort of researching. I remember my parents giving me that talk myself. So with that and then some of the research that I've been doing, I sort of collected all of those stories and then came up with something that I felt was a little bit more succinct. It's funny though, because I've been thinking a lot about the talk, particularly in the last few weeks. And it seems though, you know, this is a, this is a talk that needs to be had with, with kids so that their survival rate is higher, you know. But in some instances, it's almost like it doesn't even matter. So I've been, I've been thinking about kind of the relevancy, I guess, uh, of the talk 
And I, and I, I think that it's still relevant and I think that it's still important. I think that it's still a conversation that needs to be had. But now it's, I'm questioning, you know, you can comply with, with everything and still these things might happen. It's amazing to think, Damien Jeter, that your composition, an African-American Requiem, would have had its world premiere on May 23rd. This is a piece you wrote in response to violence against African-Americans in the United States. You've combined the traditional Latin Requiem texts with civil rights declarations, poetry, and the famous last words of Eric Gardner, I can't breathe. It's now scheduled to be premiered January 22nd, 2021. All Classical Portland is leading a national initiative to broadcast that premiere live. But it must be crushing to you that the premiere had to be postponed this past May due to COVID-19. It is crushing because I feel like, and I'm really not saying this in like a, a selfish or conceited kind of way, but I really feel like this is a piece of music that would have, allow some type of healing in, in whatever way, because that was the point of the piece. It's, it's an offering that I can provide to help heal. As I said, this is my offering to the world as a means of being able to, to heal through music. And so my hope is to, to let it hit as many ears as it possibly can. The world premiere performance of an African-American Requiem will be co-presented by Resonance Ensemble and the Oregon Symphony. They will be joined by Kingdom Sound Gospel Ensemble and members of regional choirs, several star soloists, poet and narrator S. Renee Mitchell, and conductor Kazim Abdullah. Damien, Resonance Ensemble and its artistic director, Catherine Fitzgibbon, commissioned the Requiem. They have also led the charge on putting forth an open letter to local and state government officials. The top of the letter reads, we stand for the lives of black people. Over a thousand artists and arts organizations have signed this letter. I'd like to hear your thoughts on arts advocacy. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Yeah, so I've been, what I've been noticing is that people are kind of doing a lot of these panels. They're inviting black singers to be on panels, black conductors to be on panels. And all of a sudden, I even saw one, I'm not gonna name the organization, it's not in Oregon, that said, why are black people underrepresented in classical music. And I'm like, this is your panel. First of all, this conversation should have been had like a long time ago and you're just bringing this up. So my, my sort of charge is, okay, then what? Because you know, you know me, I am all about conversations, that's fine. But to me, it's the action. And so I think people need to be asking lots of questions. Actually, there have been a few organizations, there's an, um, it's not a talent agency. Well, it is a talent agency now that is sort of enacting a program that will invite diverse candidates to be interns in their company. And I'm like, that's a good start. That is how change happens. 
And so I think people need to be asking lots of questions, then really look at their organization. It's, it's tricky because we're in the middle of COVID, right? And so many things have been canceled and so much money has been lost. And so you have that, but then you also have this. And my biggest worry when COVID first started was that people were going to stop having those conversations and stop doing all the things that they, that was sort of leading them in the right direction because they think that they need to get a bunch of butts in their seats. And so, okay, time to bring out the Beethoven, time to bring out the Brahms, you know what I'm saying? And so my biggest fear when COVID happened was that we were gonna kind of take a few steps back. I still feel that way a little bit. However, given the circumstances now, I think that there are some companies who might be taking more steps in the right direction. And honestly, that is the right answer. That's how you get the bus in the seats. You know, if you just do the work of equity and inclusion in all aspects of your organization, on the stage, backstage, particularly in administration, then it's going to be better for your company and you're going to see those numbers because you're going to see better representation and you're going to start to see the people in the hall represented in, in your organization. And so that is, the, that is the answer. That is the ticket. The old model of Beethoven all the time doesn't necessarily work. It's, come on, we're in, we're in 2020 now. <laughs> we're halfway through. Let's get it together. <laughs> Damien Jeter is a composer, writer, singer, and actor. You can find out more about Damien at DamienJeter.com. Recent compositions by Damien Jeter include The Talk, Instructions for Black Children When They Interact with the Police. It was premiered with Resonance Ensemble in June 2019. His work, An African American Requiem, is scheduled to have its premiere on January 22, 2021. All Classical Portland is leading a national initiative to broadcast that premiere in partnership with New York City's WQXR. To learn more about the commissioning ensemble, Resonance Ensemble, visit resonancechoral.org. This has been the State of the Arts, a new series dedicated to sharing the microphone with regional arts leaders and chronicling the times. To learn more, listen to archived interviews or read written interviews, visit allclassical.org. Special thanks to producers Andrea Murray and Christina Becker. For All Classical Portland, I'm Suzanne Nance. Thanks so much for listening.